Do you ever catch yourself wishing you didn't have to stay positive? Or maybe you've been working on keeping a positive mindset for years, but it still feels like a daily battle sometimes. Having a chronic illness means you're being told to stay positive all the time. And let's be honest, it's exhausting. Because pushing ourselves to stay positive is not actually positive. There's a much easier way to get a strong, positive mindset and all of the feel-good perks that come with it without the pressure of looking on the bright side. Check out my free resource, The No BS Guide to a Positive Mindset. In it, I give the straight scoop on strategies that work and common strategies that are a waste of time and energy. Go to andreahansencoaching.com now or use the link in this podcast description and get your free resource, The No BS Guide to a Positive Mindset, today. You are listening to the Health Mindset Podcast, Episode 4. Welcome to the Health Mindset Podcast, where your mindset gets results. You know you want better health. You know you want to take action. Learn how to stop sabotaging your progress so you can achieve the level of health you've always wanted for your life. Now, here's your host, Master Certified Coach and Author, Andrea Hansen. Welcome. I am so glad to have you here. Today, we're talking about something super interesting, so I'm glad you joined. What we're talking about is the main reason why even those well-planned out goals just don't work. If you listen to podcast number three, you have a plan. In the last podcast, I talked about how to structure a goal in a way that's going to set you up for success. So if you haven't listened to it, please do, because it's really it's really helpful, and it's going to feed into what we are looking at today. So when you have a goal, and you know what to do, and you have even those tiny little steps that can be completed really, really easily, and they move you along right towards your goal... Why does it still feel like you're walking uphill in the snow? Why does it still feel so hard? Here's the thing. You're not lazy. You are not just stuck in your ways. There is a reason why it still feels hard, even when you're looking at your goal and you're thinking, this is so easy. Why can't I do this? Today, we're going to take a deep dive into why goal failure happens, even with the best laid plans, even with the best intentions. And here's a hint, because I know you're probably thinking about it right now. Goal failure has nothing to do with a busy schedule. It has nothing to do with not having enough time. So I just want to set that up. At the end of the show, I'm going to give you an exercise that helps you pinpoint this exact reason why you're struggling with your goal and how to overcome it. I used to hate goal setting. Hate it. And the reason I hated it is because it, it would go a little something like this. I would get really excited about something that I wanted, like I, I some kind of a result that I really wanted. Usually it was weight oriented. And I would decide, yes, this is what I want to do. And I would know what to do. This is how I'm going to get it. And then I would set on you know getting this goal done and I wouldn't do it. Nothing changed by the due date that I gave myself. I just didn't do it. And I would beat myself up like crazy for not changing when I knew I could. So I hated these goals because I walked into them knowing deep, deep down that this goal was not going to happen. And I felt really ashamed because 
doctors, coaches, trainers, all sorts of people would say things like, do you think you can get this done in three weeks? And of course I could. (laughs) I knew I could. And I would say, yes, yes, this is possible and I can do it. And maybe I believed it in the moment. I believed that, yes, I could do this. I mean, I certainly wasn't going to tell them that I didn't believe in myself to get this done. And a lot of times that question, are you sure, can you get this done in you know three weeks? A lot of times that question was presented almost in a condescending way that I refused to bow down to. I just, I wasn't going to say no when it was put like that. So I would set these you know, sometimes totally reasonable goals. And then it was up to me, right? And I almost never reached them. Partly, it was because of how I thought goals were meant to be structured. Part of it really was the structuring of the goal. I thought it was just do it. I thought it was easy so I can just get on it. Um, I would have, you know, look at this person. They did it. Why can't I do it? You know, sometimes I, I don't know if you've ever had someone try to get you to do a SMART goal, S-M-A-R-T, it's an acronym. I'm not even going to get into it because it's not worth it. But I would use these things. I would think that they were the way everybody else did them. And it was the way that I could get something that was totally doable. I would make them. And in short, I hated these goals because it was always a glaring reminder of what I couldn't do. And on top of that, a lot of the times they were these really easy, doable things that I could do. Logically, I could actually get them done, but I didn't have the trust that I would do them. And it felt totally out of reach because I didn't think I was going to do anything about it. And I felt broken. I felt like everybody else was able to do these goals. Why not me? Especially when they seem so easy. Now that all changed when I found out not only how to structure goals, which we've talked about, but also how to be my own observer while I did these goals. Now you must do both of these things in order to be successful. And it was nothing like how I had been practicing and and been used to be doing goals before. A new goal represents change. That's what a goal is. However big or small that goal is, you're changing your habits. You're changing your routine somehow. And hopefully, you want to change your life in some way. And often, while you're doing this, you're changing a part of your family or your friend's life along with you because you're no longer the same person that they knew before your goal. And a lot of times, if it's your family and if you're the one who's cooking dinner or doing the grocery shopping or anything like that... If you're going gluten-free, so are they. If you're going vegan, so are they. So it affects them. And there's a significant amount of resistance that just naturally occurs when we're changing. Our egos don't like change because change can mean failure. It could mean being kicked out of the crowd because now you're different from what they are like and what you used to be like. And if you go way back, change could mean sticking out of the tribe which could put your life in danger, right? When you're separated from the pack, you are easy prey. And evolutionarily thinking, we're not that far removed from that type of mindset. Change is uncomfortable. 
It can be isolating. It can throw you into feeling like a victim very, very quickly. And from the onset, no matter how necessary the change is, it could be something that's life-changing or life-saving. There's still a certain amount of resistance. That's why the very first thing we do is we set up goals with success in mind. We have easy plans. We know exactly what to do when something comes up, when there's a roadblock, we know how to get around it. But we also need to be aware of our mindset while we're carrying out our goals. And that means we need to be acutely aware of what we're thinking about our goals, what we're thinking about the progress we're making, what we think about how other people are looking at us, what we think about what other people are thinking. (laughs) There's a whole layer that we have to observe and handle in order to create a win. Why does this matter? Who cares what we think when we can just fake it till we make it? As it turns out, We care very much about what we're thinking. A lot is riding on what we believe. Remember, what we're thinking creates how we feel, and how we feel in any moment determines how we act. And what we think matters. What we think determines whether we take a constructive action that moves us towards our goal, or we sabotage ourselves by procrastinating or not doing it at all, or doing something completely different that has nothing to do with our goal. Here's the thing. What we think isn't always obvious. And quite often, we don't go deep enough to really know what we truly think about something. It's really easy to stay on the surface. And in fact, it often feels a lot better to stay on the surface because those easy surface thoughts sound really good. And they're keeping us distracted from what we really think and how we really feel, which might not be so cool. Surface thoughts uh, sound like more like excuses. So I don't have time, or it's too expensive, or it'll get in the way of work, or I don't like, you know, fill in the blank. I don't like running. I don't like treadmills. I don't like working out inside, whatever it is. These thoughts don't tell you what you're really thinking. They're what I call cover thoughts. I like to think about it as, you know, you have a a patsy for a jewel heist, someone that you pin the blame on when the real work is being done by someone totally different. It's really easy to believe. It's really easy to use these thoughts as a diversion from what's really going on. Why would we do this though? Why would we tell ourselves these cover thoughts? Because if you really paid attention, you would see the misconceptions for what they are. And it would be a lot easier to move forward once you do see these misconceptions, which means it would be easier to change. One of my favorite lines from Eckhart Tolle, yes, I love Eckhart Tolle. This is from his book, A New Earth. He says, if you recognize illusion as illusion, it dissolves. The recognition of an illusion is also its ending. Its survival depends on you mistaking it for reality. And I love this because it talks about the illusion of your own thoughts that want you to stay unchanged. And it's very much an ego-based thing, which is not bad. Your ego isn't bad, but your ego's main goal is to keep you alive. It wants you to survive. A lot of times your survival depends on you not changing. We all have a lot of beliefs that are illusion like this. And the only reason that they persist is that we don't want to pay attention to the real thoughts. We let these cover thoughts of, I'm too busy, stay in place, which 
is going to mask the underlying belief that might be more like, I'm scared of what will happen if I succeed. An easy way to start practicing this awareness of your cover thoughts versus your deeper thoughts is by using your goals. Putting yourself into a position of potential change in any way is a surefire way <laughs> to have a whole bunch of thoughts just pop up so you can, you can practice this awareness. And awareness of your thoughts and your beliefs and your mindsets, it's a huge subject. And I'm going to talk a lot about this subject in this podcast. So I want to keep it simple right now. I want to keep it really straightforward. The bottom line is our thoughts create these illusions if we let them go unchecked. And by letting them go unchecked means by not being aware of what the real thought is. So what I want to do is focus on two major illusions that I see as stopping action. And it'll be really easy to look at these in tandem with actually getting your goals done. The first one is the illusion of truth. And the second is the illusion of no choice. So let's look at the first illusion, the illusion of truth. So take my story that I said at the beginning of the podcast, right? I would set these goals, but deep inside, I would believe that I couldn't do it. Even though I had the ability, I didn't have that trust in myself. And so my thoughts about my goals back then would be something like, I won't do this. I never finish my goals. I can't do this. This would be the belief system that I would have around my goals. This is the illusion of truth because it sounded so true. Past performance totally dictated that I wouldn't do it. So the proof was all there and that I would never get this done. But it wasn't true. I was making the decision for my future based on the past. And this is not truth. This is opinion and not a very nice one. Other examples of the illusion of truth, when you think things like nothing is changing, it's not happening fast enough, right? These are what I call the are we there yet thoughts. This isn't working. That's another one that happens that we think when we're going through our goals. These all sound really true. Looking at myself in the mirror, I'm seeing the numbers on the scale. Nothing is changing. This is not working. Look at my schedule. I had to take my kids to soccer practice. I have to travel for work. You can see I just don't have any times. Illusions look real. That's why they're illusions. Until you start challenging them. So call your own bluff. Ask yourself if it's true. It's very simple. Nothing is changing. That's one of the thoughts that commonly come up when you're working on a goal, on a hard goal. Nothing's changing. Is it true that nothing is changing? Probably not. Challenge yourself to find what is changing. Is your confidence changing? Are your clothes fitting differently? How do you feel physically in your body? Has that changed? If you're looking at something like this is not happening fast enough, that's something that comes up with me a lot. This isn't happening fast enough. Is that true? Challenge yourself on what fast enough really means. Is it even like a realistic question or, or comment to have that it's not happening fast enough? Now, this is a really simple question that I learned from one of my teachers, uh, Byron Katie. And I'll link to her in the show notes so you can look at this more. But just focus on the one question, is it true? The second illusion is the illusion of no choice. This is everywhere. And once you break through this illusion, you'll see how many people live with this illusion 
of no choice. And it will make you cringe, I promise you. There are very common thoughts that come up when you think about your goal. Uh, I don't have time for this. My schedule is too crazy. I can't eat that. Maybe you're changing your diet, changing what you're eating, and you say things like, oh, I can't have that. Or my favorite is, let me see if there's anything I can eat here, if you're looking at a menu. These are all thoughts that carry this illusion of no choice. And the red flag here is what's called the victim language. I don't have it. I can't. I have to do this. You have no choice when you don't have something or can't have something or have to do something else. There's no choice in that. And it's very disempowering to think that you have no choice. It can make you feel like a prisoner, like you have no choice what to eat for lunch. You have no choice what time you exercise. It's almost like someone outside of you is making your decisions for you. And you probably believe that this outside force that's making you do something is like your trainer or your nutritionist or maybe your your kid's soccer coach. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. No one can make you do anything that you don't choose to do. And yes, even if you have a gun to your head, (laughs) I get challenged all the time. What if I had a gun to my head? You are still making that choice. You are still making that choice. Your body might be allergic to gluten, but you can still physically eat bread. It's not like you've forgotten how to eat bread. The truth is you're choosing not to eat gluten. Your schedule might be super full, but it doesn't mean you can't fit in a workout. You can change things around. You can cancel appointments. It's in your power to do this. It's not like you lack the ability to pick up your phone and text your kid's coach. The truth is that you choose not to make time in your schedule. There are consequences for everything we do, both good consequences and bad consequences. But just because there are consequences doesn't mean that we have no choice. Put yourself in the power position instead of the victim position. You choose to do it. You want to do it. You know this because you're doing it. There's a reason why we choose this language, this this language of that creates the illusion of new choice. Because staying with this belief lets you shirk the responsibility in your mind. It lets you off the hook of doing something that will make a change for you. And letting yourself off the hook and not assuming that responsibility for changing feels pretty good, right? Staying in the status quo feels pretty good. But you want change. You wouldn't be here if you didn't want change. And being aware of your mindset is what gets you there. This isn't an overnight switch, but here's the awesome thing about it. Once you see that something you believe is actually not true, it doesn't take much to see things in a different way. For example, once you see that your schedule is really made up of priorities that you choose rather than things that you have no choice to do, it's amazing what will open up in your schedule. So again, go to the show notes for more information about both Byron Katie and Eckhart Tolle, who talked about. The show notes are at www.andreahansencoaching.com slash HMP004. What I want you to do this week is practice seeing your thoughts, those deep, honest ones about what you think and what's going on with your goal. Do what's called a brain dump, or I like to call it a thought storm because it kind of feels like a storm sometimes. Ask yourself, what do I think about my goal? 
Write down 20 thoughts. You have 20 thoughts, I promise you. Stretch yourself. Each thought is one sentence. Write it like a list. And then go down that list and read these thoughts out loud to yourself. And notice how you feel as you're reading these thoughts out loud to yourself. Just notice. You don't have to write it down. Then I want you to go down the list and ask yourself, is this 100% true? Put a star next to the thoughts that are true. And here's a hint for you to deciding whether or not a thought is true. Ask yourself, would a jury of 12 people all agree that this is true? Notice if you just want it to be true. Sometimes we can be very stubborn, especially if we believe it. I, I totally get it. The next thing I want you to do is go through and circle any victim language that you see. I can't, I have to. And change that language to reflect your choice. I choose to, I want to. If you circle a victim language and a thought that you think is true, it's not true. Now I want you to read through the thoughts again, the new thoughts with the changed language. Read through them out loud and notice how you feel this time. You probably feel very different from when you first wrote them out. That's when you start noticing what you're really thinking underneath those cover thoughts. If you love what you hear, subscribe to the podcast. I put out new episodes every week and I don't want you to miss a thing. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more good stuff on how you can stop striving and start achieving your healthy, beautiful life. Until next time, take care.